Oh, I'm sorry. Are we on? Can we petition? Hi. That? Can we petition that to be your new theme music for this show? <laughs> I think people might like it better than the current music. Yeah, I do. Hi. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. Uh, it's Monday. I am Sarah Gonzalez, and as you could see, I am joined today by uh, two gentlemen. We've got Chad Prather, host of the Chad Prather Show. Also, Eric July, Blaze TV contributor and founder owner of Ripaverse Comics. Um, I think Chad said that he is planning to cover that lovely ditty from the World Economic Forum at his next show. So make We're sure gonna to- do a parody of it. Are it is, is gonna be ho 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 ho. <laughs> so it's similar. You'll hear the same tune, but it'll be different words. Gotcha. So where she's going, and they can find information about that show where? Uh, ChadPratherLive.com. Great. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So I want to get into news of the day here. So this is a little trickle, this little trickle of uh, classified document information over the weekend. The DOJ seized uh, more classified documents from Joe Biden's Wilmington home after a 12-hour FBI search. Now, I want to be clear. Last week, we had this discussion about the Biden document, the classified document scandal, and I was very upset about the fact that the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago with guns drawn. The lawyers were not allowed to be present, right? Like, I mean, they treated him like a criminal, and Joe Biden did not seem to be getting the same treatment. Now, I will say, uh, it sounds to me like Joe Biden's lawyers were allowed to be there. I don't believe there were any guns drawn on the premises, but... Credit where credit is due, they at least wanted some semblance of making it look like they were being fair and unbiased. So the FBI did actually show up. And uh, again, the FBI executed a planned consensual search. I love that they use the term consensual. A planned consensual search of the president's residence in Wilmington, Delaware, according to a spokesperson for uh, the United States uh, Northern District of Illinois. Now, the search, as I said, it was like a 12-hour-long search. And it's been fascinating because even after this, we listened to Joe Biden's spokesperson, Ian Sams, who is still like, you know, we actually don't know. St- there could still be remaining documents out there. We're not quite sure if there are additional. Uh, but, you know, I mean, we can't really give that information because what we're talking about is, of course, classified top secret documents, which shouldn't be available to uh, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, the crackhead. And uh, who else knows who went into the garage and the living room and anywhere else that they were being uh, kept. Watch. Can you give us a sense of how many classified documents we are now talking about total across all three locations? Sure, it's a good question, and and actually the answer to it is a little bit complicated because of this point that I'm making about the integrity of an ongoing Justice Department investigation. The Justice Department is going to be looking at all sorts of questions like that throughout their investigation. We want to be very, very careful to be respectful of the integrity of that investigation, to not speak too much about the underlying contents and materials. Because they are top secret and like we shouldn't be storing them next to Corvettes that crackheads take out for a spin. Is that is that what I'm gathering from uh, this brilliant spokesperson here? <laughs> I Listen, I just can't get over the, uh, the the amount of beta that's in that guy. Like I just yeah. like 
Also, what is special assistant to President Biden? He's a special assistant. These little turtle-headed soy boys with their little long answers that tell us absolutely (laughs) nothing are fascinating to me. I mean, do you love when when they say good question? You're like, oh, 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 he's that's that's a good that's a good question, which is is. Politispeak for I'm not going to answer it. Yeah, or I need time to come up with a better answer than the one yeah. I have in my head, so I'm going to compliment you on the question that you just asked me while I think of what to say next. <laughs> uh, these guys are such BS artists. I mean, they really are. If It doesn't matter how many documents. If you or I mm-hmm. somehow found our way to have any classified document, a single one, we'd be in federal prison for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. End of story. And the National Archives... They've been missing these things for, what, five years? And they said, when the whole Trump Mar-a-Lago raid went down, they said, we're not missing anything. Right. So we know what's where. Yeah. We're not missing anything. Well, apparently, you're missing a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> like a whole Britannica. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it? Who was it on the Democrat, uh, a Democrat lawmaker who was like, well, they, this could have been planted. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. And I think it was planted by the Democrats because <laughs> his accusation was it was the Republicans. <laughs> right. Right. No, no. They, they're, they're, they're rolling on Joe bad. Yeah. Well, to the extent that over the weekend, news also surfaced that Ron Klain, his chief of staff, and he gone. He, he, he's gone. And he had been working with Joe Biden. I mean, off and on. But I mean, decades Look that he had been working Look with Joe guy. Biden. <laughs> you talk about uh, the amount of soy. That's a picture of strength right there. <laughs> Look, how many late night hamburgers is that right there walking <laughs> across the lawn of the White House? With the mask by himself, of course. Uh, but apparently the report says that he is ready to move on now. It's just interesting timing with all of the classified yeah. documents, uh, you know, being uncovered with a White House uh, senior advisor, Anita Dunn, that the White House apparently kind of threw under the bus. Uh, for all of these, they, she, she wanted a, a trickle, keep the public information flow to a trickle regarding this classified document scandal. She obviously reported to uh, Ron Klain. And interestingly enough, Ron Klain is now uh, leaving the Biden administration. Curious the timing of it all, Eric. Yeah, I mean, well, let's first start off with what they, how this whole ordeal went down. It wasn't like it was a raid like they dealt with the previous president in Mar-a-Lago. It was, this was more of uh, what the term they use consensual uh like it was a planned consensual like yes. ba- which basically means okay we're gonna give you some time to clear out whatever you need to clear out and figure it out right. and then we'll come and we'll do our do our thing and basically they just let them in the front door and they uh i don't know if it's optics i don't know if they're just going through the motions but it, that's essentially what this is so it's planned coordinated in in, in some kind of way i don't know what's going to happen it's it's, it's I don't know if it's one of those things where the Democrats are really turning on him and they're using this kind of as a way to, you know, look at us where we're demonizing him because definitely when we go into the next sort of presidential election, is this going to be their guy or is he so far gone, certainly in his mental capacity, that they want to get this guy up out of there? So, you know, we've certainly seen this before where, you know, you saw with Cuomo, you saw with, um, hell, the other Cuomo, where they are giddy about supporting these people for a very long time. They cover for them, especially the media. And then you start to say, I was watching, uh, not, not voluntarily watching MSNBC, <laughs> but there was a clip Thank you for that, that yeah, I had to clarify that. <laughs> there was a clip where there was some guy that was essentially grilling this whole situation like he wasn't supposed to be. I was like, oh, that's that's unusual. Let me just say that unusual. So it feels like and maybe I'm just, you know, it's just me, but it feels like there is some sort of shift 
there and maybe they we will get like what we because if you remember what the Cuomo said it happened fast man it was like one week they were covering for this guy and the next week they were throwing him under the bus yeah. so I don't know if it's going to be a, a, a like uh, very similar to, to that situation yeah um, well let's hear CNN actually uh, kind of in the similar vein Eric they were asking Nancy Pelosi uh, about the, you know, what about the the Biden documents? Let's compare this to, to Trump. And here's what Nancy Pelosi had to say. Watch. Here's what you had to say about Donald Trump and his problems this summer. Take a look. If the uh, nature of this, uh, of these documents is what <laughs> appears to be, this is very serious. A very serious. Mm. Do you think that Classified documents showing up in Joe Biden's office, home, six years after he was vice president. Do you think that's also very serious? Well, it depends on the nature of the documents. What I said as you were listening was if the nature of these documents is what it appears to be. We don't know. What we do know is that at least some of them, when it comes to Joe Biden's documents, were top secret, which is, again, the highest classification, the most secret classification that you can make any of these documents. It's really hard to argue that this is anything and except they're at a private residence right. and at a professional private office. Mm. They're outside of the skiff. What, why are you, you? You should be in a secure location mm-hmm. if you're looking at these documents. I mean, what'd you do? Like, you know what? I'm going to be I'm going to be at the summer home over the weekend. I'm just going to toss these <laughs> in the bag these in the briefcase. I'll it's read fine. them on the toilet while I'm at home <laughs> this weekend and see what's up, you know. And Joe has no recollection of it. He has no recollection. He has no clue what's going on. You, Joe is floundering. He's, he is worse than when he was on Martin Luther King Jr. Day when he was in that black church and they were all clapping and he was lost <laughs> as a goat in a hailstorm. That, that's Joe about this whole scenario. He just wakes up every day and somebody tells him what's happening in life. It has to be the case. Of course. Yeah. He's so far gone he doesn't have a clue. The, the, the elder abuse that still continues with somebody like, say, Dr. Jill Biden, who is still going to sit back and watch her husband go through this mm-hmm. and what's coming, the grilling that's going to come on this poor old man, it's going to make the Iran-Contra affair look like play school. Yeah. If they have their way, because they've got to crucify him. They've got to crucify him. Yeah. Eric. No, that's uh, correct. I mean, I don't expect those guys to be consistent about this issue at all. But I think that's the important piece of it. I mean, we just went through this with the whole Trump situation. We saw the pundits. We saw uh, people co- uh, connected to the Democratic Party that were acting as if, well, this is we got them. Right. This is unacceptable. Nobody should ever be doing this and yada, yada. And now. <laughs> It didn't take long. I don't know if it was even a year. Where was that Mar-a-Lago raid? That was not that long ago. No. It was over the summer. Right. It was so. What, yeah. It wasn't that. It wasn't that long Six ago. Months ago. Uh, and now it's more of well, we context all of a sudden matters and everybody cares. And that's the thing. If you don't care about the classified documents, or you just think that well, of course this person was a, was the president or was tied to that. Of course they're going to have class. Okay, then have that be your position consistently. Mm-hmm. What you can't do is that when it comes to the guy or comes to the guy that you don't like, right, that has a R next to his name and you've been told is the uh, the most evil fascist of all time, when it comes to that guy, if you're going to pull that card, you have to be logically consistent. But I don't expect that at all from Democrats, and nobody, nobody certainly should. And to that point, 
the guy that you saw the picture of when he went into Nancy Pelosi's office on January 6th, put his feet up on the desk, they just sentenced that guy to, to 10 years in prison. Mm-hmm. All right, what's the charge? He went in there and he put his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. There's supposedly a laptop that's missing. Was it him? We don't know. But there's a laptop that's mm-hmm. missing. That's one of the charges that are out there. 10 years in prison. 10 years in prison for going into congressional offices and putting your feet up on the desk and being photographed in that location where you shouldn't have been. 10 years in prison. Now, what I want, I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Donald Trump, Joe Biden. I don't care who it is. If you broke the law, I want to see justice. Mm -hmm. I mean, legitimately, not a political witch hunt, but if it happened, then let's hold them to the same measure of accountability that you're holding all of these other people accountable. And some of them, they hadn't even been charged for anything. Well, that's what's so frustrating is like, how do you break the cycle? Because, you know, for all of the people who want to dramatize, and I, I agree, again, if you broke the law, uh, you know, if you were violent, if you went in there and were, again, violent against other people, uh, destroyed property or whatever, I agree that you should be uh, held accountable. However, it's just very difficult to take the lecturing from the same people who stood by while yep. buildings burned to the ground, cities burned to the ground. I had someone uh, come after me today on Twitter because I said, I- I'm not going to be lectured to by people who like, were totally fine with entire cities being burned down. And he's like, well, actually, the entire city didn't burn down. It's like, okay. Right, like you're purposely, you know, uh, pretending like you don't understand the point because... You don't want to admit that the point is you guys are not going to lecture us on all of a sudden you give a crap about violence when you had absolutely no problem when people were looting, you know, Nike stores because some random black guy died that they didn't even know. No, that's how it always goes down. And that's the difficult part about the politics, because it's like, okay, well, the other side, they look at it this way. And then it's like, okay, at what point do we stop that? It's the same argument with the reparations, Mm -hmm. stupid stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, at what point do we stop and say, okay? This is wrong and this is right. And then we start acting accordingly because we'll be going on forever if we keep going on. Well, that side did it this time and and all that. And this is why principles actually matter. You know, to your point with the private property thing, you know, that should have that was a spit in the face to to me, every American. When you look at the fact that, well, People kicked their feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. I know they ran with a lie that people died during that whole situation, but uh, the people that died more so died, like with the Brian, they, right. they, that was Brian Sicknick situation. That was a whole, that was a sham. Right. That was, they made that whole entire point up. From what we know, as far as died in the midst of all that, was one person that was shot by the, by the uh, campus police. Yep. That's all that, uh, all that we know. So you, there were far more people. It was far more widespread. When it came to the uh, the sum of love in, in 2020, people actually died. Right. That's a factual statement. More property was damaged. That's a mm-hmm. factual statement. Record it was more wide, widespread. That was a factual statement. Mm-hmm. Yet they want to present him as it's worse right. when it is it, right. it's all up. It's like, well, you can't do us like that. But if some yep. if groups of people want to go screw you over as a regular person. Right. Well, that that's okay, and this is good. Going back to Chad's point, this is kind of what this whole ordeal is about. It's like you are the peasants; you abide by a, just a completely different set of rules, standards. It's not going to be uh, applicable to every single individual, and it's not going to be fair by any means. Yeah. And, and how do you have justice in a system per se that acts accordingly? And and by, I know we got to go to break, but uh, just to to also point out, Eric, you've made this point on the program before. You were not excusing any sort of violence or any sort right. of destruction of property. However, 
at least the people who were at the Capitol took their grievances to the right place. Yes. I made right. that point multiple times. Like yes. you're, you're talking about people just burning down random people's businesses that they don't know. You're talking about them destroying people's livelihoods that had nothing to do with whatever the hell their grievance is about. At least these people had the wherewithal to go to the Capitol and, uh, you know, pr- sounds like the protest got out of hand. Uh, I would also like to see the, what, 14,000 hours of footage hours. that we haven't seen uh, that for some reason the congressional committee didn't want to release and didn't want the public to see. I would like to see those, and I would like to reserve my full judgment before I see those. Um, all right, speaking of all of this summer of love, are we going to have a, uh, a redo of that? Uh, I don't know. We'll let you guys decide after the break. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Eden Pure. So, uh, look, Eden Pure has this best-selling thunderstorm air purifier. It, it's really, really cool. It uses uh, oxy technology that goes and it actually seeks out. It's these O3 molecules that seek out and destroy viruses, odors, mold, so much more. They've sold like over 265,000 uh, of them. And I could tell why as soon as I got it and plugged it in because I have litter boxes. We cook like broccoli and Brussels sprouts and all sorts of stuff in my house that it makes the whole house just smell like a giant fart. And it doesn't anymore, thanks to Eden Pure. Uh, So if you have like a smoker in the house, uh, again, if you have cats, if you have dogs, if you have animals, which most of us do, this thing really, really saves the day. I joke that my son used to complain all the time whenever he would walk into the utility room where the litter box was that he was like, oh my gosh, I can't go in here, it stinks. And now he doesn't care at all. He walks in there and I don't have to hear the complaining from my son. So it's worth it just based on that fact. Right now you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm three pack for whole home protection. You'll get three units for under $200. Trust me. You will put them all over your house. Put one in your basement, bedroom, uh, bathroom, kitchen, wherever you need clean, fresh air. You can go to EdenPureDeals.com. Put in discount code Sarah3 to save $200. That is EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code Sarah3. Explosive video shows a riot breaking out in Atlanta following a protest against a fatal police shooting at the future Atlanta Public Safety Training Center that has been nicknamed Cop City. So I, I want to I be careful how I lay out what actually happened, the facts of the event. So Wednesday, police uh, shot activist Manuel Esteban uh, Tehran. He was a 26-year-old who had staged a protest at this particular site, and he refused to comply with law enforcement. Uh, he actually um, shot at a Georgia State Patrol trooper, and law enforcement officers returned fire, striking him and killing him. So he shot them first, they returned fire, and now, well, the left's idea of a protest has broken out. I think all of us reasonable people would call this a riot. So I want to play for you uh, the, the scene unfolding over the weekend in downtown Atlanta. And you will notice something very curious. And it feels a whole lot like deja vu when you are listening and watching this reporter uh, report from this scene. Watch. Take a look over here, if you pan over. I want to show you. This is what they were handing out at the protest. So it was a largely peaceful protest where they just huh. wanted that's, what they're calling justice for background. So sorry. This guy is so flustered from the fire. Basically, they want justice. There's a lot of smoke there because there's a car that's been set on fire. But again, you will hear from the media that uh, this is a largely peaceful 
protests, because all of the largely peaceful protests I go to include cop cars set on fire in the background. He can't even pronounce the dude's name. Like, that's what I'm <laughs> laughing at. The city's burning. You're trying to justify the largely peaceful protest. You can't even pronounce the guy's name that they're supposedly protesting about. So the whole thing is a joke. I, uh, it, the, but again, this is the scenario. You know, you're just going to keep seeing this played out over and over again. Well, I mean, again, it's like these people are just useful idiots. You don't, I don't understand why there's a, why are we protesting for a man who literally shot at police and they returned fire? Like, what were they supposed to do? Any just be like, excuse. oh, it's fine. He's an activist. We'll let him shoot us up. We don't have families to what, come what, home to. What, this is Antifa, for what? those of you who are watching. Antifa <sighs> just hitting, uh, trying to, you know, throw rocks at, at these windows, at a bank. Well, they throw, uh, like, girls, like biological girls. Well, I mean, they probably have uh, not a lot of testosterone. <laughs> I probably have more in my body than they do. Lots of estrogen, lots of soy. So that probably is the case. Um, but, any, but to answer your question, any excuse will do. That's why they do it. Right. Any excuse will do. Right, right. They're the thugs. I mean, they what really What does Wells Fargo do to you? And you know what? I love... Oh, largely peaceful. That's largely peaceful. It ain't wild I love that th in this particular case, I saw a lot of white people there. In, in, like, right there. Um, I find it fascinating because I would just like to point out, Chad called them thugs. I would call them thugs. I would call them animals. The same thing that I said when it was in the summer of 2020 and people told me that I was being racist. I'm like, no, anyone who's going to go to a building and loot it and destroy it and burn it down because they're upset about something else is an animal, is a degenerate, is a criminal. I don't care what color they are. So the same thing stands for these idiots who are going in and destroying private property for what? I, I would say because their feelings are hurt, but that's not the case. What, they don't care about this. What caused the actual conflict between this supposed guy, uh, activists is what they call them. You know, and, and, and I, I wanna know, before I even give my position on this, I wanna know that, but regardless, like what if if it wasn't Wells Fargo that shot the man? I don't actually understand what what specifically <laughs> is the is the issue here, or that car car that's on fire. I don't know if the car had something to do with it or what that was. But yeah. to your point, these guys look for a reason. So really, I, it's important to know my. I want to know the position of what happened there, but it's unimportant to them. I'm willing to bet mm -hmm. if you ask these guys, what are you protesting? probably won't even know. They don't have a clue. They have no idea. They'll say that, hey, a guy got shot. And they're like, ooh. <laughs> they're probably like, oh, oh, oh. They probably don't even know. You've seen some of these men on the street videos. It goes exactly like that. These guys have no idea what's going on because they're looking for a reason. And, and to me, I guess what's frustrating as an onlooker is that people act as if this is like something that we just have to put up with. Right. As if it can't be. This is an easy, easy resolution. The easy mm -hmm. resolution is allow people by whatever means necessary to be able to protect their property. Right. That stuff stops overnight. The issue, however, is, is that when these animals, calling them what they are, get the lashing out, is that we have to, as a property owner, sit and think twice about whether or not we retaliate and if we're going to be the ones that are punished. You'll be the one that gets arrested. That's how it generally happens. We saw it happen in uh, uh, Minnesota, which is, a, if I'm not mistaken, a duty to 
retreat state. Mm -hmm. So you can basically, unless you're feeling for your life, feel like running and trip over something and the guy's about to stab you last minute, that's the only time you can basically shoot him. You can't protect your property like that. We saw that pawn shop owner go to jail over this. Mm -hmm. When a looter came in, he got blasted out of that bad boy exactly like what should (laughs) have happened to him and uh, they arrested him for murder. Mm -hmm. It's like, what? Like, that's why this continues to go on and, and you think about it, why would the state ever want to put the power back into the hands of the individual. Why would they want to do that? Of course they don't want to do that. They don't want individuals because then we show that we don't actually need them. Definitely in in a place like the South, like when stuff like that, that goes down, if the the law boys came out and said, look, man, y'all protect y'all's property in whatever way you see fit. I bet this issue gets Mm -hmm. resolved overnight. Immediately. So I want to, I want to, I agree with you. Um, I want to, I want to get, cover another angle of this, but I do want to just just to tell you from Reuters, Eric. Okay. So the, the, some activists, including this man who was shot and killed, um, were camping out in a park that was right next to this facility that is being built. So they were all camping out, and the police gave him verbal commands because they were clearing out the park, mm-hmm. and they gave him verbal commands that he did not comply with, and then fired at them without warning. Can't just what go el- shooting at people like well, that. Well, that's what I'm saying. What else yeah. are they supposed to do? It wasn't that they that he didn't comply with their verbal with their verbal commands and they took out their guns and shot him. I mean, he shot he fired at right. them first yeah. and didn't comply. And if so. you see if you see the press conference with the chief of police there, I mean that's he, he spelled it out. He's right. like, you know, this wasn't excessive force. This was a return fire. Right. Right. Um, and then, to your point, Eric, you know, people would say, What do you want, Wild West? It wouldn't be wild for long. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> that looks pretty freaking wild west to yeah, me right yeah, there. That's, that's a good point. That's a great point, actually. Like it, That's exactly what it ends up looking at. People talk about this turmoil and destruction that will go down in the event that people were allowed to protect themselves as opposed to relying on the government. They they refer to the wild, wild west. I'm like, dude, did anybody pay attention to the t- sum of love yeah. in 2020? What did that look like? Mm, that didn't yeah. look like a bunch of uh, uh, peaceful like yeah. people that cared anything about, uh, I don't know, honoring contracts or anything. Listen. Nobody cared about that. You know, when they set up the Chaz or Chop Zone in Seattle and, and they put the whole boundary and made their own little city within the city, they couldn't get along with each other. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> People died in that. That's true. Uh, the So in in this, there were a couple arrests made. One of them was uh, the, the son of Democratic whip of the, the House of Representatives. This is Representative Catherine Clark, who tweeted out, Uh, Last night, my daughter, I'll get to that in a second. Last night, my daughter was arrested in Boston, Massachusetts. I love Riley, and this is a very difficult uh, time in the cycle of joy and pain in parenting. This will be uh, evaluated by the legal system, and I am am confident in this process, Um, which, by the way, this was a different... Uh, the same night, this was a different violent Antifa protest against police. So same sentiment, different location. And um, yeah, no, it's just that uh, it's a dude. But no, it's a, it's a trans woman now. Oh. Non-binary. Her non-binary uh, son with a penis uh, got arrested for being a member of Antifa. And this was, uh, he was charged with assault by means of a dangerous weapon, destruction or injury of personal property and damage of property by graffiti and tagging. Uh, again, the Democratic whip of the United States House of Representatives. These are the morals that uh, were apparently instilled in her own son. Yes, I said son. All right, we got to Did take he use it. his penis? <laughs> I don't really know the details of that story, nor do I want to. Nope. It may have been tucked. I don't know. Uh, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. <laughs> do you want him to be milked? Nips, tucked. 
on uh, U.S. Customs and Border Protection data, the number of people on the country's terror watch list who have been arrested at the southern border has, I mean, completely soared under the Biden administration. So I just just for for reference here. Yeah, let's let's go. Let's go. Let's start from the bottom and work our way up. So fiscal year 2017, there were two, two arrests of people who were on the terror watch list here in this country. 2018, there were six. 2019, there were zero. 2020, there were three. These are all one-digit numbers, very low numbers. 2021, we jumped to 15. Okay, well, Joe Biden had, you know, was in office, so it's jumping up a little bit. Oh, 2022, everyone realizes our borders are completely open. We jump up to 98. And fiscal year 2023, just so far, somehow 38 people have already been arrested who are on the terror watch list. I'd like to just point out that is more people than days we've even had in January. And again, I would like to just reiterate, these are only the people who are being caught. I would not say for one second, I know there are a lot of great people who work for Border Patrol. I also know that their hands are mostly tied in what they can and cannot do. A lot of great folks that work there, gotta say, I'm not like really, I don't really trust uh, that they are so comprehensive and they are so, you know, uh, detailed and and they're catching so many people. They're not letting anyone slip through the cracks that somehow they're apprehending all of the people on the terror watch list that are coming through. Certainly that's not the case for all of the rest of the illegals pouring through our borders. So why would this be any different? So if they're only catching 38 so far this year, how many have slipped through the cracks that we have yet to find out about until there's another 9-11 situation? Yeah. Well, it's just a matter of time, right? I mean, it's a time bomb, mm-hmm. and we're sitting on it. I mean, listen, we, you, you look at some of the places on the border. Look at El Paso, Texas. I mean, how long before El Paso, Texas, just it's, it's Mexico? I mean, it, again, basically it basically is at this point. Unless and, Joe Biden comes to visit, and then they clean right, it up. they clean now. it up. I mean, and listen, El Paso, historically, is a beautiful town. It's a great part of Texas, a great piece of heritage. It's beautiful, beautiful people, beautiful culture. I mean, the whole thing. El Paso's had its own personality. You know, I've often joked when it comes to Texas, I've always said, look, we can make fun of each other's cities because it's like sister cities, like Fort Worth <laughs> and Dallas can go at each other. You know, we can make fun of Houston versus all. It's like, we're okay. And, but now you're looking at it, and you're like, I don't even recognize some of these places anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's a damn shame. But, but again, look at the violence that's happening. Look at the, the intrusion of, of the cartel influence that's there, the, the, the bringing in of the drugs, the, not, not to mention just the human beings, the trafficking, the sex abuse, the rape, the murder, all of these things that are happening. And we just turn a blind eye to it. I mean, how long is that going to happen? When you, in the name of political correctness, you can't use words like assimilation. You can't say illegal. You can't say alien. You can't use any descriptive word like that because, again, it might offend somebody. Well, you know what offends me is rape and murder and, and drug overdoses and, and, you know, those kind of things. Again, we've got to, it's like we said in the last segment talking about that's the Wild West when you've got, you know, cities burning down. And, and then we talk about a sense of justice and then, oh, y'all just want chaos. No, we want some form of justice happening here. Yeah. Lives are at stake. Yeah. This, this administration doesn't care. No. Uh, by the way, just for reference, uh, this, this Customs and Border Patrol, the CBP, has estimated approximately 1.2 million 
people who have gotten away, got, they call them gotaways, people who have not right. been apprehended just under the Biden administration. Obviously, the exact number is unknown. But, but I'm sure, Eric, in that 1.2 million gotaways, you know, those people who are breaking the law inherently just by coming through illegally, I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're all very, very good people. They're just, they're just here to start a better life. Some are, and probably a lot of them aren't. Look, look at this. Like, I think that stat is probably so useful to point to kind of how the, the culture has changed kind of at the, uh, at, like, let me say the approach to, to uh, be it apprehension or whatever it is you want to uh, call it. You don't get a spike like that because, I mean, maybe they'll take credit probably and think, hey, we just became more efficient. I'm like, I don't think that had anything to do with it. I mm -hmm. think that, that people are just fi finding out that it's more advantageous to go that route. Right. Um, people that wish to, let's say, do harm. And this is, I think, another lesson in the importance of decentralization and, and why I really think that Texas should should really start to really consider um, like weaning themselves off of like the T of the federal government in any way, right? I think like seriously, because what happens is, and Abbott does this historically, where it's like, we're waiting on some, they, they identify mm -hmm. something that they mm -hmm. believe to be a problem. And then it's like, you're waiting on the federal government to do something about it because, well, within there, be it my constitution or whatever you want to call it, within their parameters, they have gifted themselves the uh, the authority to have to deal with something like that. Whereas to my argument has always been like, if you had things that were far more decentralized, people would deal with those problems themselves, especially once they get you off of their back and not have to pay you money and not have to pay into whatever bull crap that we have to pay you for to do nothing but pee the money away anyway. That's what the federal government has historically um, done. So to me, this is another lesson in that where you identify these problems and then the, you, you look at yourself as like your hands are tied behind your back because you have to answer to another authority. Or more importantly, like this is a lesson of human action, right? It's a, a true economics. That's what it actually is, a lesson of, of, of human action and why individuals act in the way that they are. What incentive do you have? to actually go resolve any problem that is more uh, closer to like your locale if you're just waiting for someone else to do it. Mm -hmm. So once that is removed, it's the same argument with welfare statism. Once people think, well, that's removed, everybody's just gonna sit around and be like, not not become, no, or like there's gonna be nobody that says, okay, well, now I'm not getting this guaranteed check. I should probably become more productive right. if I want to survive. Right. right? That's right. a human action. They would you you'd see more incentive, people coming up with creative ways to deal with these sorts of problems. But we're not allowed to do that because we've got this big, massive, bloated government and on the issues that people feel like, even if I concede it as a men, like I'm not a menarchist, but you know, menarchists look at it like, well, securing the 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 borders is one of the things that the government should be doing. Okay, if I conceded, if I conceded that for the sake of this conversation, I think Texas is more suited to deal with that problem as opposed sure. to the federal government. I have a feeling you have some thoughts on that. Well, yeah. I mean, look, we're at a point now where it's wide open and people say, well, this is a federal government issue. This is not a governor's issue. This is not. Then why have states? Mm -hmm. Then why even have states? Well, why, why did Greg Abbott declare an invasion? Right. What was the point? If he can't do anything, then why'd he say it? Because mm -hmm. as soon as he as soon as he got elected, I mean, everything Greg Abbott's done at the border has been a photo op. Everything. Mm -hmm. The wall panels going up. It's the same three panels going up on a piece of private property. And every time Tucker Carlson calls him out, that stuff gets trotted out there. So, 
you know, Alexander Hamilton, once the Constitution was ratified, he, he was all for getting rid of states and just have a big federal government anyway. He screwed up America in a big way because we bought into this idea that the, that the federal government is God and it's the be all end all. That's why people don't have a clue what happened when Roe v. Wade got overturned and the right got turned back over to the states. So why even have states? And, and if Greg, oh, he can't do anything about it. The hell he can't. He's the third most powerful person on the globe. There's God, there's the president, there's the governor of Texas. <laughs> and you tell me he can't do something about it? He can do it. Why do, you, why do we have a state guard? Why do we have a Texas National Guard or a Texas State Guard if, if we can't do something about it? Why even have that? Hopefully is, is it that, turns into a National Guard. Right. Is it pageantry? Is it pageantry? So, yeah. Now, more than ever, when you're being run by 2.5 million unelected bureaucrats in Washington, D.C., now more than ever, we need to declare... Texas a real thing. We need to talk about I pulling agree. away, seceding, seceding. Yes. And you know what? That's yes. a constitutional term. It's also in the de- uh, like even your beloved Declaration of Independence. Calls for it. Yes, that's all. I'm, it's it's right there. It takes called man. for it. In fact, you are violating the founding documents if you don't discuss seceding from the federal government. You're violating our founding fathers' intentions if you don't discuss it. That's true. At all times, at all times. You know what? The sun may come up and it's 72 and breezy outside. You go, it feels good in America. We still need to be talking about secession. That's very, that's factual. I said I had a feeling he knew or he had something to say about it. I was he, not wrong. People don't want to talk about it. They're like, oh, you're a traitorous. I praise God that whoever went to my Wikipedia page and edited it and they said he ran on the platform of seceding from the United States. That's on my Wikipedia page. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> what you meant for evil, God intended for good. Uh, all right. I want, I want to take a quick break, and I do want to get back to uh, the Declaration of Independence you guys mentioned. Let's talk about that after the break. This <laughs> 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 is so Yesterday, Vice President Kamala Harris gave a speech in Tallahassee, Florida, uh, on the issue of abortion, where she she quoted, you got to give props to her, okay, she did quote the Declaration of Independence, oh, um, except she kind of left out that part in the Declaration of Independence uh, where all Americans are entitled to the right to life conveniently, as she's talking about the issue of killing babies, watch. A promise we made in the Declaration of Independence, that we are each endowed with the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah, I guess she wouldn't want to acknowledge that um, everyone has the right to life when talking about mothers being allowed to kill their own babies. But it's fascinating to me because it sure feels like an admittance that that is actually a life, that is actually a baby, that is actually a child. Otherwise, why not just quote the whole damn thing the way it reads? Yeah, if that's the definition of life and you know that you are going to be violating life with abortion, then you should, again, if you're redefining what life is, then why don't you just use the word life since you've created a whole new definition for it. Right. But you know that philosophically you're violating it. And she's not smart enough to understand that, but whoever a speechwriter, (laughs) first of all, it's not an omission. This is purposeful. So Mm -hmm. just remember that, first of all, she doesn't know the Declaration of Independence. So it's not like she knew what to omit anyway, because she she omitted quite a bit. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole thing about being endowed by your creator. creator. 
with certain inalienable rights meaning that among that these... Become, meaning that it doesn't come from the government, right. which is the important part. Right. <laughs> Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So she, she left out uh, uh, endowed, I mean, who doesn't love that, uh, <laughs> by your creator with certain inalienable, inalienable rights that among those are life, mm-hmm. life. And again, she can't say that because even she doesn't believe her own BS definition of when life begins. Yeah, Eric. It's so awesome to watch these weirdos appeal to these <laughs> documents that Is they it? don't read. They don't have a clue. Yeah, they don't actually read, but they do it when, it's conf- when they think that it's convenient right. and they can make a point. Because when you actually read, Declaration of Independence to me is one of the most libertarian documents that have, has mm-hmm. ever been crafted. By, even though you may look at it as like, okay, what came first, chicken or the egg because of who it came from. Nonetheless, of all of the documents that we look at, founding documents, that to me is the most, if you actually read it, is the most libertarian. Specifically the part where, which is my favorite, where it says that it's the right of the people to also abolish, it's literally abolish, abolish the uh, government. Mm-hmm. Uh, should it basically be intruding on people's rights, which I think it's a well beyond that. If yeah. she actually read that, she quit. All of them will quit because all of them are a bunch of a bunch of criminals that are ruling over this massive geographical area. But they do that all the time. I don't think anybody, for the most part, actually reads these read these documents, which is why they are so quick to redefine terms and so quick to like only appeal to like one sentence in it and don't actually even read that particular sentence actually in context. Which is why even with the with my constitution, the whole right to bear arms situation, how that somehow gets just which it seems pretty blatant as far as what it means but you have this long-standing debate on what it actually is because people have to do that because they know it gets in the way and this is why I don't focus I often focus so much on those documents I focus on the principles and yeah we are as individuals because we exist because we live in the world we have these rights uh, and basically among those are this whole concept of what life is uh, uh, freedom, what that is, basically it's the right, the private property, t- starting with yourself and that you own your actual self. And, you know, that's what kind of the non, non-aggression principle and axiom kind of comes from. And those general concepts that I generally uh, b- believe in, but they don't. I mean, Kamala can't even possibly, no, none of these government officials, now that I think about it, can really like lean on like this concept of liberty mm-hmm. and what it is that they mean because actively they intrude on it right. every single day. In fact, yeah. they, use, they, they try to justify their, uh, the, like their righteousness and that, that's on them to do that. They get to do that. They get to impede upon your rights. They get to use aggression upon you because, well, they're part of the upper echelon of society and we're part of the government. If they actually read that document, they'd understand that half these guys should not exist. And like I say all the time, your beloved founder certainly went to war for a lot less. I mean, I just, uh, you know, last did my last quarter like taxes. Man, three oh. percent was all that it took, and y'all's founder was ready to. All right, that's it. We about to start airing people I out. Know. I know it's. <laughs> we just had the same conversation last night. Yeah. Uh, all right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back. Just say it. Three percent. That's all it took. And they put like, are we done here? I so. So we were talking about. Representative Nancy Pelosi reportedly had priests perform an exorcism on her home after, of course, Paul, her husband, was attacked with a hammer by uh, alleged intruder David DePap. And uh, Pelosi 
told a columnist at the New York Times that it would be three or four, I'm sorry, <clears throat> three or four more months before he's really back to normal. Um, I just have a question. Uh, by the way, the reporters followed up and the, uh, the local parish over where she lives said, as far as I know, no exorcism or priest services were performed at her home. I yeah, would imagine she would because be it was, right, that's she would I'm... never be able to set foot back yeah, in her home if they performed the exorcism. And she was like, oh, I, we can't have that. We'll just pretend that we had an exorcism. All right. What is the likelihood in the, the clip that we played of her earlier? She was definitely drunk in that clip, right? Oh, yeah. Hammered. She was totally drunk in that clip. I'm, I am convinced that she was drunk. Uh, we'll be interested to see how that trial goes, by the way, for David DePap, who's pleading not guilty. I don't know, I'd like to see that body cam footage I submitted to San Francisco PD and they refused to release it. I wonder why. Hmm. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.